Hey all, and thanks for listening to Brubble, a podcast gathering young voices and perspectives from around the Brussels bubble. As a young person myself who has interned at a variety of places, something that recently caught my eye was a petition to ban unpaid interns in the EU. And given this podcast is, after all, about young professionals in the Brussels bubble, why not bring some people in from the European Youth Forum to discuss this initiative as well as some other pressing issues of youth advocacy around our beautiful union. And that's exactly what we're having today. So joining me today is Maria and Francesco, and we're going to have a lively conversation about the ins and outs of internships, whether we should be paid, and, you know, whether we have the rights we need. So yeah, without much further ado, Maria, Francesco, how are you guys doing in this beautiful... Is it still 40 degrees where you're, Francesco? Because I know you're enjoying your holidays back in Italy, I believe. Well, yes, I mean, it's not 40 degrees, but it's pretty hot. It's uh, really humid. It's actually a real problem also for young people as well. (laughs) We, of course, have lots of agricultural problems, which is serious stuff. But okay, let's start by introducing myself. I'm Francesco. I'm from Italy, from a small city in the middle of Tuscany. I've studied in Milan and I'm actually an intern in the European Youth Forum, a paid one, actually. So... That's how I'm in Brussels and working in the European Youth Forum. I studied policy and policy analysis, and I, I worked for a bit in Milan as a, with an unpaid experience. So it was really bad. And then I applied for the forum, got selected and started in March. Uh, yeah, that's me in a few words. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny too when I was reaching out to you guys for your emails and uh, like setting this up, this up and paid was like emphasized in like all, all like uh, caps lock yeah. <laughs> uppercase letters. Which that's is actually very important for us no? <laughs> that internships are, are paid that way. That's why we are also running this campaign uh, to yeah. ban unpaid internships. I'm Maria Rodriguez. I'm board member at the European Youth Forum. Francesco didn't tell, but the European Youth Forum is the biggest platform of youth organizations in, in Europe. We represent over 100 youth organizations that gather together more than 40 million young, young people. And I'm part of the political team, so I'm representing the, the organization. Myself, I'm, I'm a young person, 26 years old. I'm from Spain, and I'm working right now as a PhD student at Ghent University. Exciting. And how did you get involved in the European Youth Forum as a board member? Because it's a quite an interesting, I guess, perspective and experience just to have for anybody really who's a young person. Yeah, indeed. And actually, as I mentioned, that uh, we are composed by member organizations that are the European Youth Organizations or National Youth Councils that are, again, like platforms in the different member states, uh, not only of the European Union, but in the wider Europe that gather together youth organizations. So I started when I was 14 years old, participating in the secondary school student in my high school. So from that moment on, it's it's already like 12 years that I'm engaged fighting for youth rights, first in education, then more general youth issues, and right now on, on unpaid internships and general, more general social and economic uh, inclusion rights for young people. Oh, interesting. And before we delve into like the meat of this podcast, which, which will be the unpaid internships and how people, people should know about it and how they can inf- get involved, I always like to get a bit of perspective too from people working in the bubble itself. Or st- are you still working, Francesco, or is your internship ending up? And what did you learn? What did you do? How was your experience here? No, basically my internship was renovated for more six, for six months more. Congratulations. And, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I'm still working in the forum. And 
I mean, of course, I'm not exactly from the bubble itself. I wasn't involved in a national youth council. So I guess the uh, commitment also by the forum is to try to represent all the young people across Europe. And that's very important because also me, myself, I'm a, I'm a young activist. I have uh, I manage an association or an organization here in my local village. And it's super important that all these young voices are included in the forum as well. Also, not just from the bubble, but expanded the bubble a bit more. And that's a really challenge that uh, we are facing now. And uh, for what concerns my experience, yeah, I moved in Brussels for the forum in February. I mean, it's been quite a long learning experience and I feel I've done a lot and also learned a lot. But we can talk a bit uh, about this relationship between learning and working, which is really interesting when we talk about the internship and unpaid internships as well. Yeah, definitely. I think we should dive right into the unpaid internships then because it's it's such a it popped up on my LinkedIn feed and I saw it was quite a mass petition gaining a lot of traction. Does any does either of you want to jump in and tell me a bit or at least listeners like what exactly is it? What do you plan to do this initiative? Just give the the bare bones outline of what it is. Yeah, right now what we are doing is collecting signatures, so around a petition uh, for for the European uh, Commission to actually ban unpaid internship. We want a directive, so basically like the binding document in the European Union to ban unpaid internships all across the, the European Union. And, and basically what we are doing is spreading our call. We know that many young people are facing unpaid internships. That's basically like the first step when we want to enter the labor market. So for, for young people, it's almost compulsory to do an internship. And yeah. unfortunately, uh, there are not always like many paid positions. So, so we identified this as a major issue. And right now, the European Commission is also uh, reviewing the, the quality framework for traineeships. So they are right now discussing on, on this topic on, on internships in general. And one thing that one criteria that we want to see there is the remuneration. So mm -hmm. it should be clear that uh, internships that are actually work experience, we cannot have that for, for free. We cannot have young people working for free all across the, the continent. Yeah, and Francesca, maybe you mentioned you'd worked at, as an unpaid intern. Do you want to maybe highlight a bit about how this impacted you and I guess what effects has had it on you? And then we can go into the larger picture of how this impacts all of us. Yeah, I mean, of course, it it um, it felt always that I wasn't in the right position to, to do things. And also, like, at the same time, uh, another important thing is that I wasn't working. I was I was there to do something that... It wasn't called work, it mm. wasn't paid. It was really, really frustrating. The fact that uh, you couldn't get something from also your studies as well, because of course, like after five years of university, like the, the financial support of the family and everything was adding up. And the fact, the frustration that you felt while you couldn't pay your rent, it was so, so, so huge that I tried all like I tried everything to get out of that situation and it's it's finally uh, the right uh, position now. But also like I felt 
powerless in that situation as well. And that's also a, a thing that we are facing now during our campaign is we don't want to put the pressure on young people to act and to do something against their employers. Of course, that would be ideal, but it's not always the case. People don't have the instrument and the power to do so. So we are asking directly the institutions to intervene and stop this practice, which is unfair on so many levels. And we are actually studying all these different levels and we are calling them costs. What is the cost of unpaid internships? And uh, we have the different coins, like also at the visual level that are representing the different costs that we are studying now at the forum. Of course, I work in the comms team. I forgot to mention this before. So we are focusing more on the comms perspective of this campaign, which is also very interesting because of course, we don't often refer to internships as work. And now with our campaign, we are referring to internships as work and our main, um, the main phrase that we are sentence that we are using, the main claim of the campaign is, can you afford to work for free? And of course, the straight answer is no, nobody mm -hmm. can, and especially young people. Yeah, but also, I mean, it's not only the cost for, for the young person uh, itself, right? Like, okay, for sure, we cannot afford for, to work for free and to to live in, in a place or to move somewhere else to do our internship if we are not paid. But also it has a cost for the society, right? I mean, because also this discriminations and inequality is increasing as we are not giving opportunities to all young people from different backgrounds to, to be able to develop those same uh, internships. And also it's a lack of diversity for companies, for example, or public institutions that they are not counting on, on this diversity of, of young people. So, yeah, again, uh, can you afford to work for free? It's not only about the young people, but also like policymakers. Could they actually work for free? Could they develop their, their task? For sure not. I mean, it's like only a, a hypothetical uh, question, right? But yeah, that's also the meaning that we want to, to give to this, that this has a, a societal uh, cost that we yeah. need to, to tackle. No, very interesting. That it's such a broad issue and very systemic in a sense because I feel that many of the older generation, if I can say that in a youth forum here, um, they kind of view it as a rite of passage. Do you feel like that's a rite of passage to people nowadays or is that one of those just societal constructs that we kind of need to eliminate in that sense? Unfortunately, I see that as a rite of passage. I mean, to do an internship for sure and to do an internship non-paid almost Yes, as well. I mean, it's very well spread in Europe. That's why this, not only in Europe, in the whole world. And, and seeing some statistics, I mean, the latest one is on in 2000, was carried on on 2013. And we can we could see that in, in Belgium, there was like 82% of internships were unpaid. 82%, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's a really high number. And that's also why we, we lodged a collective complaint against uh, Belgium for this case on unpaid internships in the, um, in the Council of Europe. And actually, the, this Committee of Social Rights of the Council of Europe said, yes, you are right. Belgium is violating young people's rights when not offering a, a fair remuneration when permitting that they still offer unpaid internships. Yeah, no, it, it is the numbers always kind of startle you because you don't realize how much, I guess, free labor is being done. I mean, in some senses, I'm kind of lucky because I did my bachelor's degree. I did that in Canada. And in Canada, 
internships are legally, I believe, they are legally paid. You can't have unpaid labor in Canada. So when I did my internships during my undergraduate, uh, those were all paid. It was a bit of a shock coming to the Netherlands to do my master's and receiving a 500 euro stipend each month, which did not go quite far enough all the time. But are there any other models of countries which you think are exemplary in this record, maybe even in Europe or out of Europe, which we could look for inspiration? Yeah, we, we conducted a, a report actually in some EU countries, uh, a mapping report on which are the practices on, on internship. And we, we saw that in France there are good practices in, in this sense, internships uh, unpaid internships are banned, let's say in in France, but uh, still there are so many other ways to to go around the the law, and that's really the the problem. That is still, if we have the law that is banning unpaid internships, there are ways to uh, still do them. Uh, but uh, still, like in France, the like the legislation there, it's one of the, our references in in Europe, and also in Romania, they are also uh, ensuring that there are no unpaid internships. But again. There are also many other ways. But another key issue um, in these two, two legislations is that they are also granting social benefits and, and other kind of uh, social uh, protection for interns. That is something that is not happening in other countries. So if we had to choose like two countries in, in Europe that are doing fairly well or that we can take at least as, as an example, we would select like France and, and Romania. Yeah. Francesco, anything? No, I mean, in in general, just to jump in, is 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 incredible. It's it's incredible how the the problem again is also on the definition of internship as well. Because if you think about it, the word internship doesn't mean anything in particular. So all the time we we found different words to address this kind of context, which are uh, weird and of course like do not respect like uh, youth rights. And so defining internship is a problem in itself. I feel like changing the name of internship is itself, it would be a step forward because of course, if we talk about trainerships, if we talk about apprenticeships, we have so many words that have a meaning behind the word itself, which makes so much more sense and gives also value to the person itself, to the young person itself. Yeah, that's definitely a great point because I mean, by legal contract basis, the position I'm working now is technically an internship. But in terms of my position, I'm a policy coordinator here at Microsoft. And just having that kind of entitlement to that position, it really makes me feel not like an intern, not to put myself on a pedestal, but I wouldn't describe myself as an intern for the work I do here. So it's a really good point you make there, which I guess I didn't really think about beforehand, just names matter. I remember when writing my CV, right, like for the internship position that I have had in my life, I didn't know if writing them as work positions or mm-hmm. as part of my university studies or just just writing their internship in big, but I don't I know that that will also like avoid me to access some spaces because they know that I've not had that work experience, but that's already work experience. So yeah, that's the kind of debates that you have when when you are like doing one internship after the other. Yeah, and that's uh, also related to the problem that we were discussing before is that people are so used to unpaid internships that do not even realize that this is it's actually a problem. And so one first step in our communication was, okay, we need to say that this is actually a problem. We need to show people that this is creating so many many disadvantages for the whole society and it's so unfair to the young people, which is 
uh, so used to carry on unpaid internships. So the first thing is to highlight that there is a problem and that young people are represented because also this is another important issue, which is young people do not coordinate themselves. I mean, we don't, maybe because there's no coordination uh, mechanism for young people to coordinate in, in a good way to fight for unpaid internships. And I think the youth forum wants to be one of these coordination mechanism to coordinate young people. But before it was really hard to find a real battle against unpaid internships. No, definitely. And I guess on the topic of just organizationally and just, I guess, larger politically sense, to be very blunt, why now? What has changed where this is the thing you want to focus on for the next few months, get that momentum? What political momentum has shifted? Yeah, indeed, as I mentioned before, it's right now that the European Commission is uh, making this review of the quality framework for traineeships. It's true that they are doing it now because we were pushing for this topic for quite some years already. So we are happy that this is happening under the European pillar of social rights. Uh, but it's true that in, in 2013, it was when we had this report with the internships that uh, were paid and not in the different countries. It was in that moment in which we lodged a collective complaint against Belgium in the Council of Europe. And it's only now this year that we got the results of the this collective complaint. So we got the response that actually Belgium is violating young people's rights. So that's why we wanted also to take advantage of the, of the momentum with Belgium. Also to have this legal argument saying, hey, also the, the Council of Europe, the, the Committee of Social Rights until the under the European Social Charter is saying that un internships, unpaid internships are violating young people's rights. So it's our moment also to take this argument and to go to other countries and also to the European Union and, and make a policy change. And it's actually many movements, many political movements that are happening in different countries uh, regarding internships. So we are quite happy on this. And you're working more on the comm side, Francesco. Do you see that? Do you think there's more of an appetite nowadays for this to happen? Because I think last time I looked at your petition a few weeks ago, it had, I think, several thousand signatures already, right? Yeah, the petition is going great. So go and sign it also for our listeners. Of course, we'll I'll present. include a link in description. So <laughs> nice. And uh, we'll use it to leverage on the institutions in the uh, last part of this year. And yeah, I mean, I see a lot of attention also all across Europe, but also like in, in other parts of, of the world. And uh, the only thing is that, uh, of course, people need this coordination to to move forward on this battle. So we are we are there with precise goals. We are clear in what we ask, and that's all the communication side of the campaign that we were really clear on our demands, and we want to see some changes. And I also feel that after COVID, uh, yes, young people, we are just sick of this situation. I mean, we, mm. we have said that we got enough. I mean, it's our moment that to change this. We are not willing to take uh, up precarious jobs anymore. We are not willing to take up these opportunities that are actually not building in our well-being. No? So I think that we are now more concerned than ever on our own well-being. And that's also why we have this drive at the moment. It's true that, I mean, from the, at the European Youth Forum, we have been fighting for this topic for many years, but it, that's why also now we have this uh, 
this more political drive to to work on the topic. But it's true that every time we share some materials on on internships, I remember that we had like thousands of likes and shares yeah. in in different social media platforms, and and that's amazing. So we can see that really people, young people, care about this this topic, and it's really an issue. Yeah, it's really tangible. It's shared among all the generations. And of course, it's real, like people can't afford to work for free and can't afford to pay rent. And they want to go on with their lives, but uh, they have this huge obstacle in front of them that obliged them to stay behind. And we cannot stay behind now. Like we need to have a voice and have a future and start from the basis, which is have a salary. Very true. And I suppose to people listening in beyond signing a petition, is there anything else they can do? Any steps they can take if maybe they're stuck in an unpaid internship position or they know of people? Yeah, in this regard, they can engage with our campaign. We have like all the materials also like in our website. So I fully encourage to go to the website of the European Youth Forum or the different social media platform and and profiles to check up like the different updates that we are sharing there. Apart from the position, from the petition, they can also share other materials that we are promoting in social media. We are also promoting that local groups of young people like come together, discuss on the topic, and and put some some advocacy also on their local authorities. Also at the national level, different youth organizations we are promoting also that they get organized and that they lobby their their institutions. And we are actually supporting some national youth councils, uh, so to make policy changes in the in the national level. That is happening in Spain, in Portugal, in Cyprus, in Serbia. So as I said, there are, there are different countries that are actually having some some changes in the legislation at the moment. No, very, very good. And I, I'll definitely check some of those out myself and put some links in the description for anybody who's who's at least somewhat interested. They should definitely go check out Sign a Petition. It only takes a click, right? So, yeah. Yeah, and even farther than that, we are also organizing some live talks mm. that we hope that they are useful for young people also to understand which are the rights that they have when, when facing an, an internship. So what are the kind of things that they can ask for to, to their employers or even to the public institutions? So we are organizing this. And farther in, in autumn, we will organize uh, some other activities to, to engage with, the, with this cause. We know that, I mean, in the 10th of November, there is the International Interns Day. So we will also prepare some, some activities towards this, this day. And we hope that many more people will, will get engaged with the campaign, with the petition, but also with other activities that we will organize further in the year. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are doing an internships, of course, the most important thing is to check if you have a contract check what's it what it's written there like if you have learning objectives it's really important i have learning objectives i discuss with my managers how much work i devote to each things so make sure to really grasp this learning opportunity but also to make your work valued somehow to the others and also ask to be paid it's really difficult and the only thing that we can do now is to ask for legislation because of course the main problem is that many countries don't have legislations to force to pay interns and so also young people have difficulties in asking for a pay because there's no legislation for that so we need to ask for legislation altogether and finally what i always suggest is to find a union that cares for this topic if you are a young person also don't feel excluded from unions 
they are there, they can help you somehow. Also at the European level, just check them out. I'm moving on slightly from unpaid internships, a topic we shouldn't move on from, but I still wanted to delve a bit more into some of the other work that you guys are doing and maybe looking beyond unpaid interns. So once you win the fight for having paid internships for everybody, what what will be the next big issues that I'll have you in the studio again in a year's time to talk about? We are generally very concerned about youth participation, like in, in policy making mm. processes in, in general. We feel that young people are really not represented in, in the political sphere. We can see that, for example, like when we see the composition of the European Parliament, how many young people are there? It's like a five percent a of the of the European Parliament. But if we see the national parliaments is exactly the same or even like more in the administration. So we feel that young people are not well represented and we need more spaces to, to engage in policy making and to make the changes or to ensure that policies are responding to, to our needs and to our to our rights. So that's also already something that we are fighting for and we are advocating at the European level for a EU youth test, as we call it, that is basically like an impact assessment on how every policy is affecting young people and also to make some uh, mitigation um, measures to ensure that young people are, are benefiting for the, from the different policies that are, are taken. But also, like it, it means nothing if we don't have previous uh, participation of young people, if we listen to the ideas of young people, the problems that we are facing. And that's what we are calling at all levels, not only at the European, but from the local to the, to the national as well, to have this political engagement. And related to this, what we ask is to vote at 16 years old, so uh, reduce the voting, the voting age, to be able, like young people, to be more represented in the policy, in the political sphere, also having a say with our vote. Yeah, no, definitely really interesting. I remember a few weeks ago, I was doing a podcast on the Council in the Future of Europe, some uh, young people who were involved of observing that, and they had many of the similar concerns that you just expressed about youth participation in democracy and how important that is to keeping our democracy vibrant and, you know, you know, warding off those challenges we see increasingly every day in our backyard, so to say. Um, so I think it's definitely very important. And even raising that voting age, people might look at it as like a nothing policy, but you're, I guess, adding an extra how many percentiles of Europeans into that pool of having their voices being heard. Yeah, then we will make sure also that political parties care more about the proposals exactly. that they have for young people. And yeah, we may, we will make also sure that there is more civic education for those young people to participate in political processes, because now there there is a lot of reluctance to to have this uh, reducing voting age, but yeah, whenever this is implemented, countries will take more care of having this uh, citizenship education. So that's something that we are really looking forward because I mean it, it's it's a change needed in in Europe in the whole world in in general, but yeah, in Europe especially with this aging population, young people, we are even less and less represented in, in political processes. And that's that's why we are asking for, for more representation. Yeah. I just wanted to add that, uh, of course, like at 16, you can do so many things. You can, in some countries, drive. You can, in some countries, drink. You can, I mean, we checked once. And you can also drive an airplane if you take the right license. But you can't vote. 
<laughs> and why? Why is this? Like, why can't you choose on your future? Of course, like people need to be informed, but also I wonder how many older people are informed on elections and on political things. Uh, sometimes, I mean, I wish I wish I could have voted when I was 16, because of course I, I would have felt like more included in my community. And uh, yeah, I guess this is the next big battle also looking at the european elections in 2024 of course we need to ha we need to have a strong democracy we are in a moment also worldwide in which we have democratic deficits in most of the, the world countries so uh, we need to have this uh, democratic uh, vibrancies that you were talking about and one way to achieve this is also to include more young people with uh, with lowering the voting age and also like changing because of course from the comms perspective you want also to change a bit the communication that there is about politics so you want to change a bit you want to find the new languages that are used by the new generations you want to uh, talk to them in the same language as they that they speak so we are trying to do that also on new social medias uh, at the forum and uh, we're pushing also for this kind of inclusion. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a great note to start wrapping it up on. But I, I feel like we could talk for another hour or another half hour, sorry, uh, on this same topic because it's it's it really surprised me how many like issues there's bubbling under which can really poise to strike out at any moment as something key that people should be focusing on. But I guess before we wrap it up, is there anything we should also mention really quick to the listeners or did, did we cover it pretty well? But before we wrap up, is there anything else we should mention real quick, substantively? Um, or Well, I would just encourage all young people that are hearing this to first sign our petition, but farther than that, to engage with other young people, to engage with youth organizations, to to engage with the topics that are really concerning for, for them and to try to change the world, like to have this approach mm -hmm. also to, yeah, it's possible to make a political change. So, yeah, we, we only need to be together and, and to work together for, for the issues that we, that we care about. Yeah. No, definitely. I think that's a great note to end our, you know, formal side of this podcast. And before we wrap up really quick, I always finish a more fun question, a bit more lighthearted question, which is semi-related to the topic. And we're talking about internships and work, unpaid work. When you were younger, what was the first job you really wanted, however silly it was? What was the first career you were drawn to? I can start because I have a pretty embarrassing one. Um, if we're struggling or to get out of the box here. But when I was younger, and I was still living in the Netherlands then, I was infatuated with the garbage truck because it was a big garbage truck making a lot of noise, a big machine, and my four-year-old self loved it. And my parents were convinced with the most pride I'd ever seen in humans that I was going to be a garbage man when I grew up. And they still bug me about it to this day. So that's my, I guess, my, my utter career path that exists. But is there anything like that that you guys had when you were growing up? Some random career you just drawn to for God knows why? Well, I, I can say that when I was younger, I was helping my mother to peel onions. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing, but it's it wasn't like my dream job for sure. So actually, my first job that I actually had, I was very lucky. I was doing international relations analysis that has nothing to do with peeling onions. But, you know, that's also something that I did in the past, like helping my, my mother back in my region in Murcia. I mean, some would compare international relations to peeling onions, you know. There's always layers, and it always makes you cry. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
I think that wraps up this podcast pretty nicely. I had a great time just learning a bit about the issues to organization, having a new petition to sign, which is always exciting. It's the highlight of my weekend. Um, but no, I think it's a great, been a great learning experience for me. And I hope you guys felt the same way about having a chance to, you know, practice some podcasting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Simon, for the opportunity. No worries. And if you're looking to catch another episode, please join in next time. I'll be taking a bit more of a break for the summer holidays as I traverse back to Canada for a few weeks. But uh, in September, I'm, I'm going to promise you we'll have a pre-packed lineup of new things to listen to. But looking forward to listening to seeing all you listeners then. But yeah, thanks for listening in and catch you next time. Bye, everyone. Ta-ta.